we've been in this series uh, called For the One for the past five weeks and leading into today. And we've been working towards um, this initiative that God is calling us into. And today's the moment where we're going to jump in, that we're going to make our commitments and we're going to do this together. But before uh, I get into the Colossians series today, I have to just take a moment. Um, we had, uh, I, I believe that we live in the greatest country in the world. And uh, yeah. And here's the truth. We have the freedom to come worship here today. We have the freedom to proclaim Jesus boldly and proudly. And we have that freedom because men and women have sacrificed their time and their efforts and their uh, time away from their families. And so I want to just take a moment. We celebrated Veterans Day this weekend. And, and if you're a veteran or you're currently serving in the military, can you just stand to your feet so we can take a moment to thank you? Come on. Hey, stay standing, stay standing. Stay standing, stay standing. I hope you hear from everybody cheering that we see you, we love you. And we are grateful. We are grateful for every single one of you. And we love you so much. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I mean this from the bottom. We love you and we see you. I hope you feel that today. Right, church? Come on, make a Have a seat. So we've been in this series for four weeks. And let's just let's break down this series real quick where we've been. So in week one, as we studied through the book of Colossians, we talked about the supremacy of Christ. Who is Jesus? What's, what's his authority? We talked about what that in week one. In week two, um, Dan did a great job of calling us to, well, if that's who Jesus is and this is what he, what he does and where he sits, then where, what do I do? What, how do I respond? What should my life look like if that's the truth of who Jesus is? And in week three, we took a look at um, what we look at. Do we seek the things of this earth or do we seek the things that are what? Above. Are we looking to Jesus to guide our life? And last week, Dan did a great job of speaking to our identity, that our identity is in Christ. That's where we find who we are. And this week, as we close this series up in Colossians, I, as I read this chapter, I, I, the, the message I see is this idea of keep the focus. Keep the focus, keep going. Don't, don't just have a moment, don't just have a moment in this season. Keep this focus, keep your eyes above. Keep remembering who Christ is. Keep impacting your life and asking him to change you. Keep these things going. Keep the priority, the priority. Chapter four, we're gonna start in verse two. What page are you turning to? Page 87, that's where your notes are. If you have your binder and you wanna follow along. But chapter two says, I mean, chapter four, verse two says this. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. When it says continue steadfastly here, the translation, it translates to being devoted. To be, being devoted or constant. Devoted or constant. So it says continue steadfastly in prayer. And you're going to see in this Colossians, it's speaking to prayer. It's speaking about the mission I, I believe it's speaking to the, calling us to pray, to be steadfast in it, but I, I also think it's calling us to be steadfast in our relationship with Christ. Here's the truth. 
And maybe I'm alone. I can be really good at moments. Anybody else good at moments? I can have great moments. I, 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 I can say the right things at the right time. I can have good seasons. I can have good days. I can have good hours. I, I can walk into something and change something in me to have a good moment. When it says continue steadfast, be devoted to this, it's calling us to, to have a different way of living. To not just have moments where we're in and out of this. It's calling us to be different than everyone else. Everyone says they're going to pray, right? Everyone, you know, hey, I'm going through a hard time. I'll pray for you. We say that all the time, right? I'll pray for you. It's calling us to be different, that we need to be steadfast, devoted, committed to this. This chapter, when I read it, it's really about calling believers, ordinary believers, such as ourselves, ordinary people to live in their lives in an extraordinary way. A lot of times when we read scripture, we can read it through the lens of like, oh my gosh, these people that they're speaking to must have just been these perfect, awesome people. They're so different than us. The church that he's speaking to here is just like us, just ordinary people who are being called to live extraordinary because of Christ. And this week I got hit with some people in our life, in our church. I heard their stories who are living extraordinary, living outside of the norm. And guess what? They're students. I think some of you need to hear this next part to just be encouraged and hopeful for the next generation. Some of you need to hear this next part and be challenged by a teenager. When I heard these two stories this week, it was just mind-blowing for me. When it comes to For the One, jumping in and living an extraordinary life, living outside of the norm. I was at the commitment night on Wednesday and I bumped into a student who came up to me and she came up to me and she said, Shane, I'm getting a job. I said, it's about time. I didn't say that. I said, oh, that's awesome. Good for you. And she said, no, you don't get it. I'm getting a job because I want to give to this. I don't need money. I live at home. But I want to raise, I want to work and earn money so I can give to for the one to be a part of what my church is doing. A high school student said that. The other story I heard, uh, I, I saw on social media was that through this process, there's a student who calls Grace home. I heard about what we're doing and is so on fire for what God's calling her to do. She started on her public school campus a club called You Are Not Alone Club. And it's literally a club that meets during lunch where people can come and they can just be in community and they can be told that you matter, that you're not alone. In a world that the students are struggling with anxiety and depression, there's students who are saying, I'm not gonna live normal. I'm gonna live outside of the box. I'm gonna be devoted. I'm gonna be all into this. Paul challenges believers here to pray in three specific ways in this passage, verse two. First, he challenges them for diligence. When it says here on this uh, verse, it says to continue steadfastly. He's challenging them to be diligent. Prayer uh, devoted means to be busily engaged in. I know that we get busy. Anybody ever get busy? Anybody ever stressed? Just a couple of us. Here's what I think we often do. 
is we get in the busyness of our day, we get in the meetings and the moments and we go through our life and we, we, we say this to ourselves all the time, gosh, man, I'm so busy, I didn't have time to pray today. I had so much going on, I did not have time to engage with God today. I think we need to change our motto a little bit. When we have busy, stressful days, where we're taking the kids to the soccer games and, and we're doing all these things, we should start to say this to ourselves. Man, I am so busy today, I better pray a little longer. I got so much going on today, I better spend a little more time with God. We have to stop looking at our relationship with Jesus as just something that's tagged on to our life. We need to be devoted to being with him, to, to, to going to him. I always find this interesting in the Christian community because in myself as well, we get so stressed out and so anxious and we get to this boiling point at the end where we're just like, ah, you know, so much is going on and we say this all the time. Where were you, God? Where were you? How'd this happen? And I think if we're honest, we look back at our life and like, he was trying. <laughs> he was like, hey, I'm, I'm ready. We just have to be devoted to this. We have to be consistent with this. The second thing it challenges is this idea of awareness. It says watchfully, to pray, uh, being watchful. This is a call to awareness here. Awareness that there is an enemy that's looking to devour you. Looking to break relationships and, and looking to, to, to separate and divide unity. That we should be watchful for the enemy's schemes that we should be on the lookout for, for what he's trying to do to break us apart in our lives and in our marriages and our households. When we pray, we should pray with a watchful eye and even maybe call things out when we pray. Say, this is not from you, God. Acknowledging what the enemy's trying to do in your life and saying, God, he's trying to do these things that are not from you and I ask for you to, be, to intervene, to lead. We need to be watchful and be watchful as we pray for others, acknowledging that there's people around us that he's trying to devour and destroy. We pray with them in mind, amen? The third thing it calls here is this idea of gratitude. It, the verse, it puts it this way, that, that you pray, um, you pray steadfastly, you pray watchful, and you pray with what? Thanksgiving. So make sure we're clear on this. This is not the turkey Thanksgiving. You know, okay, so we pray at Thanksgiving, good. A couple weeks, we'll do it. No, this idea of Thanksgiving is this, is pray with a heart of gratitude. I feel sometimes we forget how much Christ has set us free from. We forget how much the grace of Jesus Christ has changed our life. And we don't approach him with Gratitude. See, I, I believe that there's two hearts that you will operate out of. There's two heartbeats you'll, you'll move in life with when it comes to your relationship with Jesus and serving him and, 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 and um, going out and doing things for him and being in a relationship. There's two hearts you'll operate out of. One is the heart of obligation. You'll have, there's the heart of obligation or there's the heart of gratitude. And the heart of obligation, the best way I can put it, is the whiny teenager heart in our relationship with God. You ever heard a whiny teen? Let's go, come on, let's go do something fun. Uh-huh. I don't want to. 
I don't want, I don't want to go out. I don't want to do that. You know, we do this all the time with God. God's like, come on, let's go. Let's go love somebody in the community. Ah, I can't. Football's on. I'm only saying that because that's convicting to me. Okay, my wife's probably laughing at me right now. God's like, come on, let's go do something in the community. Let's go, let's go spread the gospel. Let's do it. Ah, but, but it's five. A heart of obligation. And we drag our feet like, ah. Or are we responding to Christ with a heart of thanksgiving? Man, Jesus, you have set me free from so much. You paid the price that I deserve to pay. You offered me eternity. You've, you've, you've written my name in the Lamb's book of life. You've changed everything about me from the inside out. Of course I'm gonna serve you. Of course. I wouldn't do anything else. Which heart are we operating out of? Which heart are we operating out of? Are we responding with gratitude or are we, okay, I guess I'll go to church today. God, we got to check our heart a little bit. That we respond with gratitude. Verse three, as it continues to go. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us doors for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on the account of which I am in prison. He's asking the, the church here, uh, the believers there, to pray for them to pray as, as if partners in ministry, to pray for him. Can I just make a request to you, church? Can you pray for us? Can you pray for the leadership of grace? Can you pray for the elders of grace? Can you pray for the executive team? Can you be a church that lifts us up in prayer, that, that, that rallies behind us and prays because we need it. We need it, especially Dan. It's a joke, it's a joke. I need it more than Dan. I only said it because he's in here. But we need it. Just as Paul was asking, will you pray for us? Will, will you pray that the good work that God is calling to us, will you pray that we can continue to do these things? I wanna challenge you, church, please. Pray for us. Pray for the leadership of grace. Pray for each other because we're in this together. Amen? I find this so interesting, Paul's. This is one of my favorite passages in scripture right here. Paul says this. He prays, he says, pray that doors would be open for what? The word. He prays, pray that doors would be open for the word. I find this so interesting because Paul is in prison. Huh. Why is he not praying for his own prison door to open? I don't think you guys are getting it. Here. He is praying that the gospel would continue to go, that doors would be open where Jesus would be made famous in communities while he's locked in prison. Still not kidding. It. All right. He's praying while he is in prison in a dungeon against his will, but, but only for doing what God called him to do in the current circumstance. He is praying that Jesus Christ would be made famous in the city, that people would come to know him. And if we're honest, here's how we would pray. 
God, open my prison door. Open my door so I can go out and talk about you, God. What is Paul saying here? Stay focused on what's important. It's the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus. I might be in a prison cell. We might be in a stage of life where we are struggling and we feel like we are imprisoned. The gospel still remains the forefront of our lives. <laughs> Gotta stay focused, amen? Verse four. That I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders making the best use of your time, of the time. Walk in wisdom. I, I read this verse and I said, okay, we're coming to the conclusion of this for the one initiative. How do we walk? How do we walk this out? What should we do? How does the church, how do we walk this out? Is he saying walk in wisdom towards these things? How do we walk the next chapter of grace out? Here's the two things that we need to walk in. First, we need to walk with boldness. When we combine this wisdom that Paul is talking, when we ask Christ to give us wisdom and we lean into his wisdom, we can walk things out boldly because he is leading it. We can, we can walk things out boldly as the church with this for the one initiative because it's not a man-made thing. It's that what God is calling us to do and we can trust him in it. We could walk boldly. We, we, can, we, could take, we could take bold steps. We could take bold steps of generosity. We could take bold steps of faith. We can take bold steps of trust. When's the last time you took a bold step of faith that if God didn't show up, it wouldn't work? When's the last time in your life you have stepped out in faith in such a way that if God didn't show up, it wouldn't work. Here's what I mean, let's be honest, guys. In, in our modern day church, this is often how we get. We, we can take bold steps like this. <laughs> I'm being bold for Jesus, look at me. Look at me. And we can just, you know, bold steps. When's the last time we took a bold step? When's the last time we stepped out in such a way that we said, God, if you don't show up, I'm lost. God, if I'm gonna trust you financially, if you don't show up, I'm broke. God, I'm gonna trust you with my life. If you don't show up, it's gonna fall apart. God, I'm gonna trust you with boldness that you are in charge. And if you don't show up, I'll be lost. That's the faith we need. Big steps of boldness. I was reminded of something this morning, that we serve a God that we can trust, amen? I was reminded by this this morning because I don't know if you got up early enough, probably not because you're at the 11 a.m., but when I was on my way in this morning, man, the sunrise was beautiful. Woo, it was gorgeous. I actually stopped to look at it in the middle of the road. It was early. I stopped and I looked at this and I said, wow. Thinking about what we're doing today. 
thinking about the commitments and the faith that we're about to step into. And I looked at that and I said, wow, my God is a master painter. And he paints the skies and he creates that. And he, when he, and he does it twice a day. And I looked at it and I said, God, of course I could trust you. You did that. And I started to think to myself, we serve a God who paints the skies, who puts the sun in place and the moon in place and tells the stars where to hang, tells the waves how to rumble and mountains how to grow. We serve a God who shapes the world with his very hands. How could we not trust him with our life? How can we not trust him with our life? The second, first with boldness, and the second with passion. It says in the verse here, it says, making the best use of the time. The time is now. It's not time to wait. It's not time to put, put this off and say, okay, God, I'm gonna start trusting you later when I got my life figured out. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. I tried that for years. I, I, I told Jesus this all the time. Jesus, I will come to you when I got a little bit of this stuff out of my life. It doesn't work. The time is now. And we should serve him now passionately, taking advantage of the time we have. We don't have much time. Even for if you're a teenager in this place, your time here on earth is so limited. Take advantage of the time God has given you to passionately serve him to make an impact in people's lives. I found this story this week, I'll close with this. It was of Clara Barton. And for you that don't know, Clara Barton um, founded a, what we know as the American Red Cross. And the American Red Cross, Red Cross was founded uh, in the year 1891. Isn't it crazy that's still just impacting people today? And I, I thought about taking advantage of the time and I listened to, the, and I looked and I researched the story of Claire. She was around in the, even in the Civil War time, she was, she was bringing stuff in for the soldiers and risking her life. And in 1891, she said, you know what? I need to be a part of the solution. I need to take advantage of the time I have now to serve God. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna start this organization that will help people in need. Here's the interesting thing about Clara. She has no schooling. At this time, when she starts this organization, as a woman, she couldn't even vote. But she starts an organization that helps and impacts the lives of thousands for over a hundred years now. Has been impacting and changing people's lives. Couldn't Claire have just said, okay, there's so much, there's too much. I got, I got too much against me. I'm gonna wait until it's all good. And then I'm gonna start doing something for Jesus. I'm gonna wait till I'm gonna wait until I get this, I'm gonna wait till I get this, and then I'll go. She said, the time is now. I found this quote by her. It says this: You must never think of anything except the need and how to meet it. Then God gives you strength, and the thing that seemed impossible is done. All we have to do is see the need and say, God, I trust you. Step up to meet it. And he does the work. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. 
Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you're calling us into as a church. Pray that you would just lead us and guide us in the season. We love you and we praise you. In your name, amen.